0: Welcome back to the Intern to Boss podcast. I'm your host, Jay Tulloch, reflecting on the learnings from my journey as an intern to a boss, helping you to level up your career fast. So, I've been doing a lot of thinking around my journey in UX design. And whilst doing so i resurfaced something which frustrated the hell out of me at the time and i remember when i'd become a young head of user experience design at what would be considered a large business with thousands of colleagues and millions of customers i had an experience that absolutely rattled me someone in my team quit literally here today gone tomorrow This person was a fantastic talent in my UX design team and I had very big plans for them, but just like that, they had made the decision to quit their role. And I know what you're probably thinking. So what? People quit all the time, Jay. They probably had a higher paying, more satisfying role lined up, but actually, no. That was not the case at all. After two years of hard work They decided to throw in the towel and quit without a plan or a job opportunity at all. But how could this be? Like, Why would anyone do such a thing, especially in an unstable world full of uncertainty? So what did I do? I spoke with them to gain more context and after several conversations, With the person i soon realized that i had failed them yeah i can admit it i failed them as a leader i was so consumed with the everyday running of the ux design department and ensuring that we were delivering and meeting expectations i was unable to see the effects that the decisions that were being made at the top of the company were having on my team members even though the person that quit pointed a lot of fingers at individuals who had made those decisions and caused them to feel undervalued. None of the blame was directed at me, but I still felt responsible. And since then, I have tried to ascertain what would cause somebody to take such action. I actually do, like, when I reflect back, I actually do admire the decision that this person obviously had solid principles in place that no employer could bend. And when they felt unappreciated and saw injustices, they no longer towed the line. So they like, what a hero, like seriously, I admire that action, that proactive action. And, you know, as I said, this particular designer was an integral part to my design team. They were full of so much untapped potential and, could have achieved great things at the company, and I am sure that they still can wherever they are now. But they left a massive void in my team, a hole in which we could never fill. Even 18 months after they had left the company, due to all of the reasons that they had stated in their exit interview with me, we were unable to fill their position. So what were those reasons and what can we do as leaders to prevent things like this from happening again? Well, the first thing is lack of ownership. Yes, they did not feel like they owned the design direction for the platform that they were working on. So for some context, the design team scaled extremely quickly and we had to hire lots of contractors to fulfill the feature delivery plan. However, in doing so, the business overlooked the ownership of the product itself which soon became outside in rather than inside out, meaning that the contractors took over and gained market share of the product design. Now, this isn't a jab at contractors. I've worked with many whom, to this day, I'm still trying to convince to turn permanent, but they were, contr- they were a contributing factor to my team member's disappointment. As they were the in-house product designer, they felt as though their opinions and vision for the platform were now second class to the contractors. The second reason was that they felt undermined by senior leadership. Now, whoa, (laughs) no, 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 not by me. I'd never do such a thing. But some leaders outranked me who did, affecting the entire team's morale and not just in design. So imagine being a designer on a platform, helping to shape the products and features, diving into customer research and conceptualizing ways for the product to evolve and become more engaging for customers, but also imagine coming to work the following week and finding four new designers on your desk, all of your work scraps and your product design vision blurred and replaced with frosted lenses. Yep, that's exactly what happened. And because of this, the designer felt undermined. The decisions had been made without even considering them or their current and future contributions to the team. Look, I mean, I too was upset by this. I'd just returned from a three week holiday. You know, the things that you usually take to get away from stress and anxiety and burnout, well, so much for that. The third thing was they felt as though there was no clear career path. Now, okay, I hold up my hands for this one. In the words of Kevin Hart, I wasn't ready. As the new head of department, my main concern was making an impact, but I just messed up. I should have made my team feel secure in their roles and careers at the company. Because of this lack of proactiveness in the career development arena, I could not deliver a clear career structure for the designers within an appropriate time frame. To be clear though, I was actually working on creating a career structure for designers within the constraints of an old age industry before my team member decided to leave. I eventually got the proposal passed and promoted three team members three to six months after the designer had left the team. But that's not the point, is it? Because had I prioritized people over the work, maybe they would not have gone so abruptly. Knowing that they were on the right career trajectory to help them to reach their developmental and financial aspirations, they probably wouldn't have left. My bad for that one. And their last reason was not producing valuable work. Believe it or not, this was the killing blow. Before the change mentioned earlier in the company's direction, mass contracts, hiring and top-down driven product roadmaps, we had some grand plans on our schedule in design. Us designers are such an empathetic bunch. We love to work on things that create value in the lives of those consuming them. If you ask a designer what their ambition is, you can bet that they'll respond with something like, to make a positive impact. Before the business changed course, we were en route to use the technology at our disposal to solve problems for the homeless, to create solutions that tie all of our backend systems together and help our colleagues serve 90% of our customer base better. However, these were all pipe dreams that were crushed upon the decision to focus 100% of our attention on the problems of the minority of our customer base. To be fair, the customer segment we shifted focus on are high revenue for the business, but designers don't care about that. We don't care too much about business revenue. What we care about is making a positive impact. And because of this, the designer in question no longer felt as though they were producing valuable work. Work worth their creativity, problem-solving ability, and their desire to make an impact. It was a shame, really, as we needed the diversity in thinking from somebody on the team just like that, but the damage was already done. All of the above happened in a six-month timeframe, and all began with one tiny snowball gradually increasing in size until it becomes unmanageable. And that's exactly what happened. And these are the reasons why good people leave companies that they've been a part of for a long time. A series of events can throw all of that hard work and friendship out of the window in a short space of time. Look, of course, I understand that there could have been other personal factors at play that contributed to the overall decision to lead the team and the company. But what I was able to uncover has changed me as a leader. I now strive to slow down the role of these snowballs by identifying them snowballing and being more connected to the feelings of my team members rather than just focused on their output. I ensure that I ask the right questions to understand how they feel things are going with work and whether there is anything that the company or I can do to support them. Crucially though, I allow my team members to give me direct feedback on my leadership and other leaders around the organisation to better serve them, and so that I can take on some of their battles, so that they do not have to feel alone and they realise that we're all in this together, side by side. This is imperative for the team's success, morale, and ability to positively impact the business, the customer, and of course, make an impact on the world. Ultimately, we all come to work to become the best versions of ourselves and produce work that we can all be proud of. But we as leaders need to do more to support our colleagues. It is devastating when somebody leaves the team, but it's not so bad when you know you've done all you can to create an environment where the team members can thrive, feel values, and grow their careers. As much as I hated that this happened at the time, I needed it to happen for myself to develop. You could say that I wouldn't be the leader that I am today if it wasn't for things like this. As they say in bodybuilding, no pain, no gain. Ah well, we live and we learn. I definitely did. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Boss Podcast with myself Jay reflecting on the learnings through my journey as an intern to a boss, helping you to level up your careers fast. If you found this video useful or insightful, give it a like, give it a share, give us some feedback in the comments below. Take care guys.